Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Welcome to the Game on Fantasy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Grezegorik and Gage Bridgeford. Welcome back to the Game on Fantasy Podcast. My name is Tyler Grisigorek, and I am joined by Gage Bridgeford as always. We are here right now today to break down this week 13 in the NFL. Uh, again, one of those weeks where <laughs> I hope you weren't betting in a lot of these games because the lines were so close and so right from Vegas that it made it really hard. And uh, there was a lot of heartbreak involved with some of these lines. So uh, it was a really close week all around for a lot of these games. Uh, there was a lot of good games, I think, this week to watch. Not too many blowouts. So that's that was a positive note from this week. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Gage, do you have anything to add to my early assessment of the week 13 rounds? Dude, my thumb is worn out from switching around between those 1 o'clock games. Man, just like cl- I was constantly trying to find, okay, I was like, okay, this game, this game, this game. Okay, I got to watch all of these games at once. I don't have enough TV screens. This is a problem. Like the Bears game was close. The Vikings game was close. The the Just every single game in that 1 o'clock slate outside of like the, what, Miami game maybe? The Miami game, I guess the Cleveland game because that one became a blowout super quick. But literally the Raiders game. Houston, Indy, uh, Detroit, Chicago, Jacksonville, Minnesota, New Orleans, Atlanta even had some some pomp and circumstance right up until the buzzer. So there was really only two game, one or two games in that first set that weren't or that weren't decided by the very end of the game. Absolutely, there was only really one blowout. It was the the uh, Patriots-Chargers game, which, you know, I didn't think that the Chargers would be super effective against uh, Bill Belichick's defense in New England, but I didn't think they'd get blown out 45-0. to So we'll talk about that game a little bit more in a little bit. Packers probably had the second biggest blowout of the week. Uh, even with the Browns game, I think I, I don't think I ever thought that the Titans were out of it. Um, they only lost by six. That, I know. That was a one-score game. And it probably shouldn't have been, but it definitely and, ended but, up as a one-score game. And here's the thing. The Titans actually had two different things, like big plays that went against them that would have swung the game in their favor. There was the A.J. Brown. I didn't see the play. I didn't see the specific play. He had one that was almost a touchdown, apparently, but then he like dropped it or fumbled it in the end zone, and then it fumbled out of the end zone or something like that. So that would have been a touchdown. And then there was another one where Adam Humphreys got hit in the – it would have hit him in the hands if he tried to use them, but instead he just let it eat him up hit him in the chest, bounced off of him, bounced off two different defenders, and then got picked off by the third guy that touched it. And they were down, and he, that happened to him at the five. So Tennessee was literally this close to winning that game. Which is just ridiculous to think about when 
you consider how big of a lead Cleveland got out to early. But uh, let's start. So here's what we're going to start doing just for the, the listeners here. Typically, this show will run maybe an hour, hour, 15 minutes. Um, well, there's not a ton of information that we can really go over that's going to really benefit you at this point. Uh, you know, maybe there's a couple of minor waiver pickups that you'll need to go through. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I feel like everybody's rosters are going to be set. You're not going to be able to make trades. Uh, you're in the playoffs or you're not. And... Um, yeah, so I think we're going to save our time and energy for the Thursday live stream and the Sunday live stream. But we're going to quickly rapid fire through these games today, try to keep uh, the time a little bit shorter, and so therefore we're saving our energy and so are you. So with that being said, let's jump into the first game here, which was the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this was a uh, interesting game. I thought the Falcons had a chance to really make a push to win this game at some point, even though they didn't play particularly well. Uh, the... The defense for the Falcons has returned, though, uh, which is good for them because, I mean, they have a lot of talented pieces, so if they weren't able to put it together, you're really, really wondering what that group was going to look like long-term. Uh, but they they seem to come back to form, and, uh, you know, the, the Saints offense, again, didn't really kind of, didn't really impress that much. No, they didn't. Uh, Taysom Hill looked like a quarterback for once, though, so that was kind of cool. That was weird. I didn't think he could do that, to be honest with you. 27 for 37, 232, and two scores. He still didn't get Alvin Kamara involved in the running or in the receiving game, which is unfortunate. But it showed that he is able to throw the ball, which means that Michael Thomas had value. Nine for 105 on 11 targets. And we are like we kind of thought Michael Thomas can have some value, even with Taysom Hill, just based on volume. But he hadn't really done anything great yet. This was a really good game for Michael Thomas and for the Saints as a whole. The Falcons just just couldn't get it going. Couldn't get out of their own way. Lost the fumble at one point. Taysom Hill had three fumbles on the day. I didn't see that stat until just now. So they couldn't yeah. get anything going on the ground, and that really hurt Atlanta on the day, especially when the Saints went off for 36 carries, 270 yards, 5.8 a pop. That was nuts. Absolutely, and the Saints are going to be expecting Drew Brees back in the next maybe two weeks. So I don't think he comes back next week. Could be come back the week after. I think he's eligible to return this week, but I don't believe he, he is. Does. Yeah, so, you and I talked about that on the live stream that they said he might return uh, in week fourteen, but it was not. It was far from a guarantee. Yes, absolutely. And it's so good to see Michael Thomas starting to get back into form because he's such a great dynasty asset uh, at his peak. But on the Falcons' side of the ball, Julio Jones still good. Calvin Ridley still good. Russell Gage contributed in this game, uh, but I think he's really hit or miss, matchup dependent uh, in this in in that light. Uh, Todd Gurley, I hope he didn't play him. He was never really on my radar to play this week unless I absolutely absolutely had to. Uh, it was that was the only reason up. I played him. I played him in a couple of spots because I had zero like alternatives. Right. So I mean, you're probably gonna still have to play him moving forward. I don't think he has a terrible playoff schedule, but uh, you know, you're, if you're getting 10 to 15 points for him a week, I think that's probably your realistic expectation at this point. So, uh, do you have anything else to add about this game? I mean, Matt Ryan, uh, I think he actually played well considering uh, how well the Saints defensive front played. Taysom Hill had 232 yards on 37 37 attempts. Uh, so not the best passing day, but he was capable. Now, the main the main thing I gleaned from this game was Alvin Kamara had some value again. 15 for 88 and a score. Uh, he only had two catches for nine yards. He he's just not getting any receiving well, work. This I is think a tough until Drew Brees comes for, back, that's what's going to happen. This was a tough matchup for pass catching running backs because arguably the best pass coverage linebacker in the NFL plays for the Atlanta Falcons. This was a tough matchup all around. It's it's a tough matchup, but I would still like to see him get more targets. I like I it's even if it's a even if he's got a bad matchup. Deion Jones 
for all of Deion Jones' talent, especially as a coverage linebacker, Alvin Kamara only having three targets in a game when Traquan Smith sees six, Emmanuel Sanders sees six, and Jared Cook has five, and Adam Troutman had three, come on. He needs to get at least, at a minimum, five targets per game. I don't care who's under center. You could put me under center, and I'm still going to throw the ball to Alvin Kamara five times a game. So the question arises now is the reason that Alvin Kamara gets a lot of targets because of Drew Brees, or is it because of the offense? I'm leaning towards Drew Brees because of what we've seen since Drew Brees has been out. Uh, they've been throwing the ball down the field a little bit more. Emmanuel Sanders has had a little bit more value than he did under Drew Brees. Uh, is that? I mean, is that a fair assumption to make, do you think? I think the offense is dramatically different under Breeze versus under Taysom Hill, and that should have been absolutely expected because Taysom Hill and Drew Breeze are very, very different players, especially at this stage of the career. Obviously, Taysom Hill is able to move. He's able to run a lot better. It's similar to, like, the the Bears almost. Like, the offense with Trubisky under center is very different than the one with Nick Foles under center. Taysom, Taysom Hill is able to run. He's able to move. Uh, he's not going to really target his running backs a whole lot. He's really going to focus in on those receivers. And you know what? It worked out. New Orleans won the game. I can't criticize them too heavily for that. But the offense only put up seven points for three quarters, like seven, 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 and then nothing in the final quarter. So I think that they could do better. But until Drew Brees comes back, you're basically just hoping Alvin Kamara has a really efficient running day or falls in the end zone. In which he really never has had efficient running days. He does he does every now and then, but like that's not his staple by any means. He averaged 5.9 so, per a pop in this game, but it was a supreme matchup. So. Right. Uh, and so let's move on to the Lions and Bears game. Uh, the Bears, did they did fester up 30 points in this game. Mitch Trubisky, 26-34, 267 in the score. Uh, Dave Montgomery came to life, two scores in this game. Cordero Patterson had 10 carries for 59 yards in a score. Uh, I think that was just more a matter of just trying to get this offense going uh, in, in a creative way from Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor. Uh, but I don't see too much value from Cordero Patterson moving forward. David Montgomery, he's got a great playoff matchup uh, schedule. So keep in, keep that in mind as you're building your lineups. I think you could see more weeks like this from him. Maybe not two touchdown weeks. That's that's not going to happen very often. But I think 70 yards and a score with, with a couple targets, I think that's exactly the type of week you expect from him. I think he's going to put up 15 weeks um, pretty regularly down the stretch here. I think that um, I think especially with Trubisky under center, I think that that makes things a lot better for. Uh, I think that makes things a lot better for Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery or Trubisky's a legitimate threat on the the read option game. He could keep the ball and tuck it himself. Whereas if Nick Foles runs the read option, you know he's handing the ball off, uh, and they just hardly ever ran it in general. Montgomery had a really strong day, but. I don't know what the hell Nagy was doing in the second half. Montgomery had both of his touchdowns in the first half. He was rolling. And then I think he had maybe like two or three carries in the second half. They're up 23 to 13 at half. And then he saw like six or seven carries in the in the final two quarters. And I'm like, what are you doing? And it's not like Cordero Patterson was getting a ton of work. Cordero Patterson got a lot of work in the first half. I don't know what the second half game plan was, but it was not the same one that we saw in the first half. Chicago had no business losing that game, just like Detroit had no business winning that game. Mitch Trubisky wasn't outstanding by a normal quarterback purposes, but 26 of 34, so he's completing a high percentage of his passes, didn't turn the ball over. Other than a, he had a, he had a fumble that was, like, it's his fault, but it's also the defensive end just smoked an offensive tackle. Like, he got the, he had no time to even think that his pocket was collapsing. So other than that, it was a flawless day. You can't waste flawless days from Trubisky. 
You can't do it. So I think Trubisky stays under center the rest of the year. Montgomery continues to do well. Allen Robinson didn't get as many targets as he should have, but I'm, woe is me. Uh, he, I mean, he, yeah, seven targets, six for 75 on the day. Still a pretty good day from him. Uh, and then, you know, it looks like Mooney and Miller are going to be matchup dependent. Um, maybe get five or six points in your flex uh, if you're if that's your thing. But if you're playing either one of them, you're probably <clears throat> you probably have better options. So uh, let's move on to the other side of the ball. I mean, Kenny Galladay, I don't know if he plays again this year for the, for the Detroit Lions. There's absolutely no reason to force him into play. And there's absolutely no reason for him to want to play. Again, so I don't know if Kenny Galladay plays against for the Lions, but Marvin Jones Jr. eight catches for 116 yards, a score. T.J. Hawkinson seven for 84. Uh, Quintus Cephas had a big play in this game, but that's it. Uh, I mean, really, Marvin Jones, T.J. Hawkinson, and whoever the running back is uh, at, at the, the, the given time could be DeAndre Swift or Adrian Peterson at this point. Whoever the running back is, uh, those three plus Stafford is all you're looking for in this offense. Uh, one last note on this game before we move on here. Like, I, I mean, Detroit is. Detroit's kind of Detroit. I, if I was DeAndre Swift, I would, I would refuse to play the rest of the year. I'd say I'm done. I'm not risking my health for a season that's lost. We're not going to compete for the playoffs. I'm out. Um, but on the Chicago side of things, a guy that you might consider targeting on waivers, Cole Komet maybe, who I'm he's been consistently out snapping Jimmy Graham uh, with Mitch Trubisky under center. He has seen consistent targets in back-to-back weeks. Uh, did he score against Green Bay last week? I think he did, yes. So he's now scored in consecutive weeks. And his score came early in the game, too. His score didn't even come late in the like late in the game when Green Bay was playing prevent. So so Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham has got, got one target this week. Cole Komet got seven, which is tied for Allen Robinson for the team lead. So if you're desperate at tight end, like let's say Johnny Smith is your starting tight end, you're really struggling, he's just being inconsistent, or you're dealing with injury somewhere – He's not the worst flyer option right now, and he does have a soft schedule coming up. So, All right, let's move on to the Browns and Titans, one of the more exciting games, I think. Even though the Browns were ahead for the entire game, I think it was one of the more exciting games of the weekend. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill both went off, uh, both threw for over 300 yards, and they had three-plus touchdowns between them. Uh, so, I mean, six-plus touchdowns between them, seven touchdowns total. And then Nick Chubb, 18 carries for 80 yards, one touchdown. Kareem Hunt, I don't know if you can play Kareem Hunt at this point. Uh, do, based on where you probably drafted him, you might have a better option uh, in in your flex. So, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you can play Kareem Hunt at this point, but Nick Chubb is a obviously must-play. Uh, Rashard Higgins provides good value. He's a guy who might be still available on your waivers. Uh, he probably shouldn't have been, but if he is, go Swipe him up because he's going to be uh, obviously he's going to have value. Baker has, seems to have a really good connection with him. Jarvis Landry, uh, ten targets, eight catches, sixty-two yards. Baker looked his way a lot in this game, and uh, I think that these are going to be the two guys that you're going to hone in on. Uh, the tight ends are kind of a crapshoot still. Uh, Austin Hooper not really doing anything. Harrison Bryant, I think it's just the, he's a backup tight end, so yeah, doesn't have realistic expectations there. But uh, Nick Chubb really, and then Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins. Yeah, uh, you know you know the guys on the Cleveland side of the ball. It's Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, uh, Kareem Hunt, and you're hoping for a touchdown with Hooper, but that's all you can hope for there. On the Tennessee side of things, Tannehill lit it up, 389, three scores, and a, and a pick, and the pick wasn't his fault. It was not. I've already mentioned it before. It was Adam Humphrey's fault. The ball, like I could understand if Tannehill led him a little wrong or if it was late or something. This ball, Tannehill zipped it, and if – 
and just lodged it right where it would have hit him right in the sternum. It, and in fact, it did. Like, it, but it just like hit him right in the chest, and then Humphreys dropped it. It bounced off a couple of guys, got picked, and that's and that was effectively the game. Like Tennessee was already down big, but that was a play that if he completes it, it was going to be for a first down, and then you have first and goal with from like inside the five. You hypothetically think you're going to score there, and that'd be the game. That's the difference in the game here. Like AJ Brown's fumble out of the end zone. That's a bad play. That would have been a touchdown. Adam Humphrey's bobble. He saw four targets on the day. His bobble wasn't like you don't guarantee a touchdown, but it's a strong possibility, and that's the ball game. So, but AJ Brown was great. Four for eighty-seven, seven targets. He he was in and out of this game with an injury. Corey Davis though, that's the story. Eleven Absolutely for one eighty-two and a score. Twelve targets on the on the day. Corey Davis, if I remember correctly, I believe is wide receiver 17 on a points-per-game basis this year. He's averaging 15.7 points per game. That's ahead of guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, let's see, there's a couple other really, really talented wide receivers that he's leading. I think DJ Moore, maybe. Amari but, Cooper's probably on that list. Yeah, but so he's so he's playing really well right now. Uh, he's a locked-in starter. Same thing goes for A.J. Brown. Uh, obviously, Johnny Smith missed this game. Anthony Ferkser ended up showing up well. Yeah, Five for I want to take a targets. quick moment to address this. I saw somebody because yeah. you saw, me. It was me. No, 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 no. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I saw I saw people like berating others on Twitter uh, for like saying Ferkser was like you know Ferkser is a good play this week. The logic was absolutely there, and, like, the numbers here show it. Seven targets, five catches, 51 yards. Because he didn't get the touchdown, his day looks a little pedestrian. But, I mean, you're taking seven points in a half-point PPR format. You're taking seven points from a tight end every single day of the week. You're getting five or six points in a non in a, in a standard format. You're you're taking that every day of the week from your tight end. So I I think that, you know, sometimes the, we, we see the, the flashy weeks, the 10, 15, 20-point weeks, and we expect those all the time. The Darren Waller weeks. Right. You're not going to get that. Which we'll get to that in a bit. In, in a situation where you're looking for a tight end because your starting tight end, John New Smith, went down, you could have done a lot worse than Anthony Ferkser. Look at the other side of the field. Austin Hooper, two catches, 24 yards. So I don't want to hear it. Uh, it, it, was, it was the right call. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Just shut like, up. Like, like, I, like I miss on Ferkser. In terms of, I wasn't sure that he was going to be able to produce just because Jeff Swain like had out targeted him last week. I was wrong there. I missed on that one. But Ferkser got really—I don't want to say lucky—but the game script worked out really well for him because in the first half, like the rest of the team, he didn't do anything. Like I think he had one target in the entire first half. Well, I mean, obviously it's a positive game script for him. Yeah, like game script worked in his favor, but I think if Tennessee, like obviously, and this makes sense for everybody, but like if Tennessee isn't just getting blown out, I don't know if he ends up having such a good well, day. Like but you said, I mean, it was a kind of a, it kind of applies to all the Tennessee players because they had seven points in the first half. So yeah. I mean, as long as John who's out though, Ferkser's a reasonable fill-in guy. Let's go to that Raiders game though, because that game was fun. Derek Carr, three hundred eighty-one yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. And that, and one of those final touchdowns was to your boy Henry Ruggs. If you tuned into the live stream, I gave him out as a DFS play. I I said that if you're playing GPP, such as the Millie Maker, put Henry Ruggs in your lineups. I also I also gave you Denzel Mims on the other side. I missed on that one. Sorry, for forty one hundred dollars, that's what you're gonna get though. Henry Ruggs three four eighty four and a score had four targets and I believe and he had a fumble which sucks, but. Henry Ruggs, they gave him that downfield target. He 
burnt undrafted free agent corner Lamar Jackson. Greg Williams lost his job today. Personally, I think Greg Williams did it on purpose because he was tired of working with Adam Gase today, every day. That's right. I said it. Anyway, Devontae Booker didn't really do anything in filling in for Josh Jacobs. 16 for 50 on the ground, and then he had one catch for one yard on two targets. If you were following me on Twitter all morning, I wasn't touting Devontae Booker. Everyone else was. I was I was really fading him hard because he didn't do anything a few weeks ago when he filled in. The Jets do one thing well on defense, and that's stop the run, and that's what they did. 25 for 72, 2.9 yards. Derek Carr had a rushing touchdown, which really carried his day, uh, and it was an awesome get if you played him in the Millie Maker, which I believe that was the winning lineup, featured Derek Carr at the quarterback spot. The other pass catchers, Darren Waller's the only one to note, 13 for 200 and two scores on 17 targets. Nelson Aguilar, extremely inefficient, 4 for 38 on 11 targets. Tyler, what happened? It's Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Roasted. I mean, it's exactly what it is. And I think Hunter Renfro is a solid flex option if you absolutely need somebody to throw in there. I think he's going to get you six points. And that's, he's super that's, safe. Yeah. So I think that's that's all you can really glean from this Raiders offense. I mean, Derek Carr is not going to have weeks like this every week. Uh, but Darren Waller just went off. There was nobody who could cover him in this game. Uh, and uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean, the Jets offense is still the Jets offense. I mean, they were able to keep this game close, but um, – in reality, the Raiders were just not playing well, but they still put up gaudy numbers. It was a weird game. So Ty, Ty Johnson took over pretty early in this game. Josh Adams got some carries as well. Frank Gore went down early with a concussion, I think it was. Uh, and so these two split the work for the most part, but Ty Johnson got 22 carries, 104 yards, had a score. I He's obviously a must-add in, in waiver formats uh, because – Frank Gore, you don't know if he's going to play, you know. So you you always take the opportunity to get a, a, a starting running back if you can, and it was pretty clear that they, that they were going to ride him. Uh, he took he took over immediately and did not look back. So uh, Ty Johnson is the guy to add there. Uh, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, Ryan Griffin, Brashad Perryman, and then Ty Johnson had a couple targets, but they're all the same, so it's fine. Jamison Crowder is probably the only one you want. I think Denzel Mims is a good stash, possibly, in case one of those guys gets hurt for the next couple weeks. But uh, Jamison Crowder is really the only one you want. Denzel Mims uh, looked good in a couple limited reps, but he, he really isn't getting the, the volume you want to be able to make him uh, Well, and that's viable. the problem was coming into this game. He was. He was getting probably seven or so targets per game. Like, over the last three, he had gotten seven or so targets. Jamison Crowder had not gotten hardly any work, especially last week. And the teams lost to – who did they play last week that they got beat by? The like Falcons. Just, yeah. No, no, no. That was the Raiders. Oh. That was the Raiders. Oh, my bad. Who did the Jets uh, lose to last week? They lost to the Dolphins, 20-3. to So Denzel Mims saw a good amount of work. James Crowder did Positive really game script. I mean, this wasn't a bad yeah. game script, but I think the Jets, it's pretty obvious they wanted to run the football. And so – And, I mean, for a good reason. They averaged 6.1 yards, yards a pop. Is so this Gase's best performance as an offensive mind? No. No, his best performance as an offensive mind was back in Denver when Peyton Manning was running the offense. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this Bengals-Dolphins game. Uh, since there's not too much to add in this game, uh, that's it. Crickets. No, I'm just kidding. T. Higgins. Uh, I think T. Higgins is the wide receiver one in Cincinnati with no Joe Burrow. Uh, it, 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 uh, it is pretty obvious that he's not going to target Tyler Boyd the same way Joe Burrow was. Uh, I think this plays into your little theory about who, who guys practice with. And so 
Tyler Boyd had four targets. He took the he took the one catch he had, 72 yards to the house, uh, and so his his fantasy day looks all right. But you need to be concerned about him moving forward. I think he got tossed. He got tossed. Oh, he did. Him he and Xavier Howard did. both got tossed. Oh no. Then Devontae Parker and Mac Collins got tossed, and then Absolutely. some defensive player right, for never the Bengals got tossed. Everything so. I just said because I, mean, I was thinking about last week too. He didn't have a lot of targets last week, but um, okay, well. Just forget everything I just said. This is a fine Monday right now. So, I'm glad to just undermine all of the things you're working on. That's fine. No, but T. Higgins, I still think, is the wide receiver one because I think he's more consistent right now in terms of that offense. So, I think that he is as well. Um, he's at least getting volume. Drew Sample showed some life finally for the first time in like eight, in like two months. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, Mike Kosicki was awesome. Nine for 88 and a score. That was cool. That was your guy. You touted him yeah, on, no, it on was. the and, live um, stream. And I'm, I'm we had a lot of hits this week. We did have a lot of hits this week. <laughs> so make sure including, you're tuning in on Sunday if you want to win. <laughs> yeah, including the hit that I had right before we signed off, going back to that Bears game and, and the Saints game really quick. Right before we signed off, we got a question about it was Nick Chubb or David Montgomery. We said Chubb, and I and I knew who the roster was, and I was pretty sure Alvin Kamara was his other rostered running back. And I asked him, and he and he said yes. So I said that I would play Montgomery over Kamara. Tyler said he wouldn't which is reasonable. Alvin Kamara is extremely talented, definitely better talented running back than David Montgomery. David Montgomery ended up outperforming Alvin Kamara this week. So yeah. the t- so the call wasn't crazy. If you guys aren't watching our live streams, you absolutely need to be. Tyler and I have been red hot as of late. That's I true. think that we've we have hit uh probably we've hit the majority of our calls recently. Like we're always going to miss one or two. It's just We should probably go back and like check that and see how good we were this year. Oh man. Oh man. I, I know that I've got I've got some I've got some some hits, but I've got some duds. And I had a couple duds this week. But yeah, so Gasicki was great. Uh Devontae Parker got tossed and he was also getting just shut down by uh, I believe it's William Jackson. Yeah, William Jackson the third. So he had a great game. I think that uh two will do better moving forward. Miles Gaskin. Tua went twenty six of Miles Gaskin, twenty one of ninety. He also had two catches for fifty one yards. Solid day. That's all you're expecting from Gaskin. You're not expecting exactly. a big day. That's better than I expected. But, He's getting what three, like three, three and a half yards of carry before, and this is that was that's yeah. fine. So I'll take that. That's good. He effectively got he got you 15 points in half PPR, 16 if you play full. So it was a great week for Gaskin. He's a safe play every single week. Um, Tua 296 and a score. It was a great day for him. Not much else to add here. Let's move on to let's go to Indy. No, let's go to Houston, where the T Y Hilton. Houston game continues to remain true. If you guys listened to our Friday pod or were there for the Thursday live stream, I said T.Y. Hilton versus Houston in Houston is a thing. What did T.Y. Hilton go do? He caught 8 of 11 targets for 110 yards and a score. Thank you. (laughs) Which is like the only game in in his entire season that he's really been T.Y. Hilton. Absolutely right, but it was the narrative was there. Right. It's just such a weird such a weird thing. Uh, but I don't think I have anything else to add from this game other than Jonathan freaking Taylor has it's finally bad. broken out. I, I'm, I'm saying after the Packers game, that was the confidence he needed. Uh, 13 carries, 91 yards in this game. Two, three receptions for 44 uh, and, a score, and a score. And a score. So he had a great week for you. Uh, Jonathan, or I'm sorry, Jordan Wilkins. Uh, who? 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 Jordan Wilkins? No, I'm just kidding. He, he's... Jonathan Taylor has a hold on this backfield now. Naheem Hines is going to get some work still, but 
it is the Jonathan Taylor show in Indy, and I think they know that. Uh, he knows it, and it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch as he wins teams, championships, after he got so much crap talked on him midseason. So uh, I think he has a chance to really buoy some teams' value here moving forward into the playoffs. Jonathan Taylor is a guy I wish I would have been more aggressive targeting this year when people were really down on him. See, the leagues I play in, I tried to target him in the leagues I didn't have him in already, and the people were like, no, nah, I'm just waiting. I'm like, that's the, yeah, that's the right that call. Was the, <laughs> that was the thing. Like, I didn't go too hard after him because most people that I was putting out feelers on, they were like, no, nah, I'm not giving him up. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. That, 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 and that's fine because most of these guys trade probably drafted him in the second, maybe even late first, depending on how aggressive or overzealous they were to get him. Yeah. But, yeah, he's turning out great. He was one of my calls of the week. I believe I had him as a start of the week for uh, DN this week. So that hit that play crushed. Michael Pittman Jr. had a good game, 5 for 46 on five targets, so that was cool. Uh, none of the other pass catchers really did anything. On the Houston side of things, Deshaun Watson, 341 yards in the air and a pick. I want to address but something really quickly. I said that Houston had the opportunity to stay close in this game and then Deshaun Watson to do Deshaun Watson things at the end. And what do they do? They get inside the 20-yard line and he fumbles the freaking snap. I was so mad. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, man, like I just called every part of this game. Like I, I was so – I was so. Hey, excited. hey, you know what? You were right. They did Houston things. And they choked. They absolutely did. And I was like, but I, you know, I really thought they're like they're gonna get, they're gonna have the opportunity to go up really late in this game because Deshaun Watson's gonna go into hero mode, and then he drops the ball on the goal line, basically. So it was very frustrating. Uh, but I mean, I have nothing else to add really for the Houston side. I think they are what we thought they were. Uh, Brandon Cook suffered a supposed concussion and came back, but. So I don't think you're too worried about that, but that's why his numbers might be a little bit lower than what we thought they could be. So considering that, considering he missed a full quarter and a half maybe, uh, 5 for 65 on 8 targets is pretty good. Uh, Kiki QT, 8 for 141. What? what? <laughs> 9 targets for him. Uh, they're definitely missing Will Fuller there uh, and Randall Cobb. But uh, Chad Hansen, 5 for 101. Did you see that coming? <laughs> yeah, I called it. <laughs> I had somebody ask me, hey, who should I start, Chad Hansen or uh, should, or should I start uh, Manuel Sanders? I was like, Chad Hansen, man, Absolutely do it. Absolutely nothing else to add here other than Brandon Cooks and Kiki QT, I believe. I mean, I picked up Kiki QT two weeks ago. The moment I, the moment I realized that he was going to be taking up some of Randall Cobb's value when he got hurt, I picked up Kiki QT everywhere, and then Will Fuller went down, and then all of a sudden Kiki QT is just shooting through the roof in value. Uh, but anyway – uh, Brennan Cooks and Kiki Kuti are both going to be usable moving forward. Move, let's move on to this next game. Jaguars and Vikings. Uh, wow. Man, where do we this start? Game, this game had people sweating. Because I know Minnesota was a, in the betting community. It was a big anchor game for everybody. They had Minnesota money line just like. I was not to touching really 10 points for Minnesota. No, no, Hold on. I said money line. People were, oh, putting, it, people were putting it in their parlays as like the big tie my together bad. game. To really like say, you know what? I got this dog, this dog, this dog. But let me go ahead and tie it all together with the money line to really give me some extra confidence. And you had a lot of reasons for doubt late in that game. Yeah, Dan Bailey couldn't figure out how to kick it between the uprights. Kept just shanking it. I believe he hit one off the upright, missed two extra points, and a field goal attempt on the day. Chase McLaughlin wasn't any better. He went one of two on field goals and one of two on extra points. So what are you going to do? Uh, what I'm going to do is be wary of my Vikings. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They, I mean, they still put up a lot of fantasy value. I mean, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. 
absolutely smashed this week, all three of them. Uh, so you're 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 playing everybody. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a viable quarterback in some formats, depending. I don't know. He's gonna come back to Earth next week. Uh, yeah, but, I probably I can't trust him. Like, cause I'm I, pretty I've, sure they have a road matchup with Tampa. Yeah, I can't trust him at all. Uh, and Tampa so, needs to win next week. So, like Minnesota also needs to win, but I think Tampa has the recipe to slow down what Minnesota wants to do, uh, especially on the ground, because obviously. Like they like Kirk Cousins showed today he can throw, but the Jacksonville passing defense is a much different animal than the Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, and so looking, so looking at the Jacksonville side of the ball, I mean James Robinson. James Robinson did what James Robinson has done all year long. Uh, Lavisca Chanel got involved a little bit in this game, but not enough to make you excited to play him uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, Colin Johnson was the wide receiver one, I think. I mean, DJ Chark got seven targets, only two catches for 41, but Colin Johnson had four for 66 on six targets. Uh, Tyler Eifert had an uncharacteristically high target game, six targets, six for 45. So, I mean, not too much else for me to glean here. Uh, James Robinson still had six targets, six for 30. But, I mean, DJ Chark will have better weeks. Uh, he, he made a big play and, at the end of this game. Yeah, I was like, I was going to say his one big play came really late in the game, too. Like, he didn't do a whole lot. Like, seven targets on the day. Cam Dantzler played out of his mind today. He uh, did, well, yes. On Sunday. Corner so for the Minnesota that Vikings. Yeah. yeah, Cam Dantzler, uh, corner for Minnesota out of um, Mississippi State. Only had one pass defense, only had four tackles, but his day was really good. He played very well all afternoon long and made life difficult for uh, DJ Shark and the other wide receivers for Jacksonville. Absolutely, he did. So let's move on to this Rams and Cardinals game. Uh, Kyler Murray, okay. I wrote, I said, Kyler Murray is going to be a sit this week. And so what does he go and do? He goes basically and throws for 50% completion, 21 of 39, and three freaking touchdowns. Gosh, he's so frustrating. Because he didn't have a good week. It's not By all means, this was not a Kyler Murray week for him. But he buoyed the day with three touchdowns. Ultimately, the Cardinals end up losing 28 to 38 to the Rams, who have a really good defense. One of the best, if not the best, against the if against opposing quarterbacks. Be wary of that matchup in your playoff uh, when you're setting your when you're setting your lineups for these playoff matchups because the Rams are one that can destroy a quarterback. They can bring a quarterback from 20 points down to 10 pretty easily, and that can do a lot for your lineup, especially when these games are going to get super close and every single point matters. Uh, Jared Goff 351 in the score. He also had one on the ground, so he, he really had a good week. Uh, I wrote about him as one of my starts of the week, so I had polar opposites in this game, and uh, they both kind of I'm, – I'm going to consider Kyler Murray a win, even though he threw for three touchdowns. But <laughs> uh, He did throw a pick six late in the game, though. He did. He did do that as well. So uh, uh, the running back group, I mean, I, I think it's the Cam Akers show. Daryl Henderson didn't play a lot in this game. Uh, he was He was injured for about half of it. Uh, but, I mean, Cam Akers, 21 of 72, still not hitting that four-yard rushing mark, four-yard per carry mark. He had a touchdown in this game. I, I don't know if I can trust Cam Akers still, but, I mean, if he's getting the work, great. This is the second week in a row I think he's led the backfield in carries. So maybe it's time for Cam Akers to become a flex option for you, but I'm not too excited about it. Uh, I believe it. not only did he lead in carries both weeks, I believe he also led in snaps this week he had 63 percent of the snaps this week guess guess how many daryl henderson had in terms of snap count he was hurt i just said that okay okay he had 22 percent of the snaps he was hurt malcolm brown had 16 percent of the snaps can't this is cam Akers backfield he was hurt i don't care <laughs> literally just this said cam- that he missed I like half care. the game 
I don't care. This is okay. Cam Akers' backfield. All right. This is well, Cam Akers' backfield. You can it go is. ahead and put Cam Akers in your lineup and depend on him. I will not be depending on him. The only league I roster Cam Akers is a rebuilding dynasty team. So, yeah, I will okay, go that's ahead fine. and put in my lineup, Tyler. That. Nobody cares at that point. So, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, that's it for <laughs> Rams pass catchers. Gerald Everett had six for 44. Don't care. I'm not going to rely. Bad. I'm not going to rely on him moving forward. Tyler Higby scored a touchdown. So, what we say? What we say? We said if Tyler because we talked about it, we're like, you got to play one of them. You got to play Higby. You got to play Everett. You got to play one of them. And we have both agreed, Higby, if you're shooting for a touchdown, if, and you're just hoping for a touchdown, that's what happened. So yeah, not much else to add though. Let's go into this. Uh, I want to build to the final exciting game, which is the Green Bay game. Absolutely. New York, so. New York Giants. Seattle. What have I been saying for weeks now? That this Giants defense, no, 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 no. This Giants defense is underrated, underappreciated in in NFL circles and underappreciated in in fantasy circles. They put the clamps on Russell Wilson for the most part. They made him really, really flighty at times. Uh, This was was an interesting game to watch because the, the formula to beat Seattle was proven in this game. The Giants... Are not a, are not a good football team in its entirety, but the defense is playing very well right now. They're well coached, they're fundamental, uh, and they they really took down the Seahawks and they made the Seahawks look very vulnerable. Well, yeah, when the Leonard Williams is putting on his best Aaron Donald performance, he had two and a half sacks and five quarterback hits. The team yeah. as a whole had ten. He had half. Well, that's because Leonard- the Seahawks offensive line is not good and has not been good all year. So Again, I saw, someone on, I saw someone on Sunday try and say that, like for the Giants, they should let Leonard Williams walk this offseason if it means they get to keep Logan Ryan. And I just don't know how you could do that. Leonard Williams is a building block piece. Logan Ryan is a depth or is an is an aging veteran corner, and you could find the money to keep both of those guys. You can save money elsewhere. I agree. And so on the Giants' side of the ball, it's Wayne Gallman. I don't think Devontae Freeman returns this year. As you said earlier, I'm, I'm finding on that boat. But it's going to be Wayne Gallman. So it, if you have him, great. I think you can play him in your flex. Uh, Evan Ingram is the leading receiver here. Sterling Shepard had a very disappointing day, but he got the targets. So, I mean, I, yeah, I he, think, caught, he had six targets. He just caught one of them. I think uh, he'll have better days. Darius Slayton as well. Um, but, I mean, they're, they they have been what they were anyway, which Shepard has been a floor play. This was not a floor week for him, obviously, but Darius Slayton has always been kind of a boom play this year. So, uh, I think that's what you're expecting. I mean, Golden Tate coming back, too, and kind of snagging four for 30. Um, I mean, he's been back for a couple weeks, but really you're kind also of... Hoping, you're also hoping Danny Jones comes back. Exactly. I was That was my next point. I think he comes back next week, so I think these guys all go up in value. It's not a guarantee. I saw some news today. Uh, they're hope, they're going to give him every opportunity to play this week, but Joe Judge even said today there's no guarantee. So pay close attention. For you guys that roster Giants pass catchers, which they're for a team that's not very good, there's a surprising amount of fantasy value on this roster in Evan Engram, in Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. So pay close attention. Uh, yeah, Wayne Gallman still started him. On the Seattle side, Chris Carson, 13 for 65, had caught 3 for 45 and a score. Second straight week since returning from injury with a touchdown. DK Metcalf, 5 for 80 and eight tar- on 8 targets. Tyler Lockett, 6 for 63 on 9. Why did you watch the very end of this game? I did not. I missed it. Okay, the very final play of this game confused the absolute crap out of me. So, Last, let me check real quick. Yep, DK Metcalf is a large human, right? Can we both agree on that? Very big, very fast, athletic guy. I suppose, yes. The best play you can draw up on the final play of the game, fourth and 18, the best play you can draw up 
is a chuck it up ball to Will Disley and Jacob Hollister. You don't. Oh, even get I did D- see that play. You don't even get DK a chance. Yeah. He should have been the primary read on the play. I understand Russ had to move around a little bit, but DK should have been the primary read because as good as James Bradbury's been this year, and James Bradbury has been a borderline top five corner this year, despite facing a murderer's row of cor- of wide receivers. DK wasn't even the primary read on the final play of the game. I, I just don't I don't know what's going on there. Nothing else of value there. Start DK, start Tyler, start Chris Carson, start Russ Wilson, move on. Don't start the tight ends. Absolutely not. New Patriots England. Chargers. Yep, Let's Patriots go. Chargers. 45-0, Patriots blow out the Chargers. Cam Newton, 12 for 19, 69 through the air with a score. Uh, he had 14 for 48 on the ground, and he had two rushing touchdowns. There he had a good go. day. <laughs> Chargers couldn't stop anything on the ground. But it's not even like they were efficient either. They were 43 for 165 in scores. They just don't care. They, they averaged less than four yards per carry. It was just – it was so dumb. I was like – That's like, what the Patriots do, though. That's why he's so valuable, Cam Newton, in terms of – They do dumb of, shit? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they, they, they just nickel and dime you to death. And then they get down to the goal line, and they run four plays on the goal line. To, they run four straight QB sneaks because they're like, we have a 6'6", 250-pound quarterback, so why not? But yeah, their yeah their best receiver their best player on the day was Gunnar Olszewski or whatever however you pronounce his name. Uh, excuse me, and Kill Harry scored a touchdown this week. I'm gonna need you yeah. to check yourself. Gunnar Olszewski also scored a touchdown this week, and it was farther. <laughs> anyway, there's not there's not and a ton to glean. And he had a punt return for a touchdown on the day too. So yeah, week week. it's Gunnar. Uh, there's not there's not a ton to really take from this. I mean, Tony Michelle came back and had ten carries, so you're watching Damian Harris's carries pretty carefully. I think he still has a solid floor. Damian Harris does, but the, the concerning part about this is that Cam Newton gets all the goal line work. So James White stole a couple uh, touchdowns two weeks ago. Uh, he, he but honestly he had well, that four was carries. Last week. Oh, sorry, last week he that, had four carries for five yards, but. And they eliminated him from the game plan. Three catches for one yard. He didn't get to Kenneth do Murray anything. did a hell of a job in this game. So he, he deserves big props. Uh, That's good. Uh, so I have nothing else to say. I mean, Jacoby Myers is still the leading wide receiver here, but, I mean, he, you're not getting a ton of value in the passing game. You're just not getting, you're yeah. just not getting the passing no, work, I, so you can't depend on Jacoby I Myers. Don't want, I don't want any of these pass catchers on my roster. This is going to be one of the most interesting situations to watch in the offseason because – Whoever comes in is going to instantly increase the value of every single one of these pass catchers. So it's going to be Absolutely. really interesting because I don't think Cam Newton returns to New England next year, but he, he might get himself another opportunity somewhere else, and it Maybe. might be fun to watch. But uh, on the Los Angeles, Angeles side, side, yeah, nothing. There's absolutely nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler still put up 10-point weeks and half-point PPR. That is absolutely it. Mike Williams buoyed for – or not buoyed, but stopped for – Stuffed for four for 43 on nine targets. Thank you. Uh, Austin Eckler had nine targets as well, four for 32. Uh, that is it. I mean, they basically split carries, Eckler and Ballage, but that's it. Yep. Two notes on uh, the Chargers. Like I said a little bit ago, if you weren't watching the live stream on Sunday, you are making a mistake. Tyler and I both said, fade the Chargers. We both said it. We I said Herbert was going to be bad. Tyler said the wide receivers were going to be bad. Keenan Allen was okay, but he wasn't good. It, it just helps that Herbert threw 53 passes. So watch the live stream. Get good information. Win your leagues. Second. Stephon Gilmore here, though. Don't forget. Yeah, Stephon. Yeah, second. Stephon Gilmore is really good. But second, start all of your Chargers next week. They're playing Atlanta. 
Oh, absolutely. And it's a, and it's a home game for the Chargers. That's going to be our all your Chargers. Move on. Green Bay takes down the Philadelphia Eagles 30-16. to 16. Aaron Rodgers goes for 25-34 for 295 yards, three scores. He also had four carries for negative three yards. So he's really, really carrying the team in that aspect. Aaron Jones, 15 for 130 and a score, including a big 77-yard run that may or may not have just propelled me into the one seed in a league. You know what I was thinking in this game? I was watching this game. I was like, wow, touchdown regression finally hit Aaron Jones. Like, he's not getting touchdowns like he was. And then he breaks off a freaking 77-yard touchdown to seal this game. It was perfect. It was poetic in my mind. Uh you're, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, that's what you're going to get from Aaron Jones. Is he has a, he's a big play threat. He's a home run guy, but he's also getting the consistent value uh, in terms of production. He's getting consistent work and opportunities. Uh, speaking of consistent opportunities, another 12 targets for Devontae Adams. 10 catches, 121 yards, two scores. These two, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, are have they uh, have they surpassed Jordy Nelson level? It's pretty yeah. close. Uh, I think that they have. Um, Devontae gets. Like, are you talking in terms of connection, or are you talking in terms yes. of, what are you talking? Yes. I don't think I would put him in terms of connection, but in terms of fantasy connection, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, in terms of on-field play, I think that just the connection that Jordy and Rodgers had, especially with their, like, their, we all know about the back shoulder stuff. We all know about it. The the Rodgers to Nelson back shoulder was one of the most unguardable plays in football that we've seen in the last who knows how long. My only argument to this is yes, absolutely, you're absolutely right about Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers, and that play was unstoppable and it's right because they just knew what each other was thinking. And there's no way that they no way that any defender was gonna be able to stop it. But that throw, that throw from You talking the, about the like triple coverage one from the end zone? Yes. Yeah, that one was nice. He doesn't make that throw to anybody else. He, the the amount other than MBS two weeks ago against the no Colts. no 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 he doesn't make that throw. To okay, else. he wasn't close. He wasn't covered covered as close, but he, there was still a lot of Colts there. My point that was also at the end of the game. A little, little bit different. I agree. I, so, but yeah, the, the point I, is, I, I don't I'm think just, he trusts any yeah. wide receiver as much as he trusts Devontae Adams. And we we always talk about. I know I do at least on my different Packers platforms. I talk about Aaron Rodgers and the trust he has in his receivers. Devontae Adams, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, is a wide receiver. He's a top five wide receiver in Dynasty. If not the if not the Dynasty wide receiver one right now, which he probably is for me. I, I was wrong about him coming into the year. I thought that they'd spread the ball around a little bit more. They they doubled down on Devontae Adams and just said, no, we're going to give you 15 targets a game and we're not going to care. We don't Devontae care because Adams nobody can just, stop you. It's Michael Thomas. Nobody could stop him though. That's the thing. Is like no. What, what, what I'm getting at is Slam Boy last year. Everyone was like, just get Michael Thomas. They don't need anybody else. They're just gonna throw him the ball 15 times a game, and he's gonna catch 12 of them. That's what they're doing with Devontae Adams now. Except Devontae Adams has got a higher ceiling, and he's a better touchdown scorer. I attribute it to still learning what this offense is going to be. Yeah. That's that's what, and that's why year one of an offense is so hard to make conclusions from. But. I mean, Alan Lazard had a decent day, uh, three for fifty on four targets. Robert Hunyan scored again, four for thirty-nine and a score. Speaking of connections, Aaron Rodgers and and Robert Hunyan are also developing a tremendous connection. That I touchdown, that touchdown was fourth, off script. So I think it was his fourth week in a row that he scored a touchdown of twenty-five yards or more. I think I saw that Rob Domovsky of ESPN, I think, tweeted that out 
earlier today. It was either fourth week in a row or fifth week in a row even. That Absolutely. he's just and, but the, the touchdown great. to me was special because it was off script. Uh, you saw them making adjustments on the fly, and I think that's what that's where Rogers has always thrived. And so for him for them to be having that type of connection and making plays like that is going to be it's going to be big for him. Yeah. So he's the, so Bob was the first tight end in team history to have a touchdown catch of twenty five plus yards in three straight games. So and he and his eight touchdowns on the season are also the most by a Packers tight end through twelve games ever. So. Yeah, I, I think Tunyon's a firm tight end one for me. Uh, I On the live stream on Sunday, I said that I had Tunyon over guys like Mike Gesicki and uh, TJ Hawkinson. I wasn't perfect. I missed on Gesicki. Gesicki had a great day, but I'm pretty sure he outscored uh, TJ Hawkinson on the day thanks to that touchdown. So. Yeah, it was. They were all very close though. We talked about all three of them being like in the same tier. Yeah, we were like, on Sundays. Were four, five, and seven, <laughs> and they were right there. So we did well there. On the let's go to the Philly side of things because for Green Bay, not much else to glean there. Jalen Hurts five for twelve and a touchdown and a pick, but that touchdown was garbage time. Don't read too much into it. Carson went six for fifteen for seventy nine yards. Didn't do anything. Just got beat up all afternoon. Miles Sanders, 10 for 31. Couldn't get any consistent volume going because they spread the ball to everybody. Jordan Howard had four for 19, but 11 of it came on one carry. Jalen Rager had a carry. Jalen Rager then had a catch for 34 yards. And I'm not even talking yet about his punt return for a touchdown where he made J.K. Scott look stupid for the second time this year. I, I don't think there's much to take from this Eagles offense. There's not. I don't want to talk about the quarterback position yet, or at least too much. Who do you think the starting quarterback is going to be next week? Who do I think it's going to be? Yeah, I don't. We don't need to get into it too much. Just quick rapid fire. Who do you think it's going to be? Carson. I agree. I think it's going to be Carson Wentz as well. I think Dallas Goddard is going to continue to hold value as we thought he would. He's still kind of getting back from the injury. It looks like he's finally starting to get back into the full swing of things. For so seven targets leading this offense, which is not surprising considering the wide receivers here. So I don't have I don't have anything else to add about this Philadelphia offense other than it was kind of depressing that they didn't run the ball more and four more yards. Uh, but other than that, let's move on to the final game uh, for Sunday. Yeah, Denver Broncos. Come up short against the Kansas City Chiefs, 16-22. to Chiefs take care of business at home. Drew Locke went 15 for 28, 151 yards, two scores and two picks. His two scores both went to Tim Patrick. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 15 carries for 131 yards, he, and including a 65-yard scamper. He was just running all over the Kansas City defense. Phil Plenzi, 14 for 26. His fantasy value has quickly zapped itself. In terms of the pass catchers, other than Noah, or Tim Patrick, not a lot happened. Four for 44 for two scores for him. Noah Fan had four for 57 on seven targets, so he led the team in targets. K.J. Hamler had two for 16 on five targets, and he had two carries for 13 yards. Did you see the Jerry Judy tweet? No, I did not. Jerry Judy tweeted, then quickly deleted, glad I got my cardio in. Shortly after the game, because he had one catch for five yards on four targets. Judy was not pleased, and ever, and I saw people try and come after him and say, well, he's clearly not a winner. This isn't Alabama. They're not going to feed you targets, yada, yada, yada. He was open. He's like, always he, open. He, he He's always open. He's not getting the ball. I'd be pissed off, too. And people are like, is this a shot at Locke, Fangio? Who, who's the, uh, what's the what's the offensive coordinator's name? Kubiak. Is it Kubiak or Scarangelo? I don't even know. I think it's Kubiak now because he took over for somebody, I thought. Okay. 
Doesn't matter. That's what I thought happened. But Doesn't matter. He's not the... getting targets, even though he should. It, he is not, and it, it's killing his fantasy value. Uh, buy low candidate for Dynasty. Oh, it's Pat Shermer. That's who it is. Oh, okay. Buy low candidate for Dynasty. Moving into the Kansas City side. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> that's it. That's Tyreek Hill got analysis. robbed of a touchdown. Andy Reid is a bastard. Oh, well. Uh, he, you saw that he caught that, right? Okay. Great. The, you saw, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. The very first, okay, yes. Just go ahead and throw the flag, Andy. Come on, man. You know you're going to win the game. Throw the challenge flag. One timeout's not going to hurt you. But anyway, Patrick Mahomes, 318 yards and only one interception or one touchdown. He had two touchdowns called back. Both of them were like 50-yard bombs to Tyreek Hill. One was a holding. One was Tyreek Hill caught it, but it was so wacky it didn't look like it. It looked like the Antonio Freeman reception from, what, 30 years, 25-plus years ago now. The fact that that reception is that old is just crazy to think about. Um, Mahomes had two opportunities for big plays, just didn't get them for different reasons. Le'Veon Bell was the leading rusher, 11 carries for 40 yards. Darrell Williams, 6 for 38. Um, fun fact, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was active in this game. You wouldn't know because they didn't play him. They just didn't inactivate him for the day. So Travis Kelsey, 8 for 136 and a score on 13 targets. Could have had an even better day. Had a couple of balls that went off his hands and he just couldn't come down with. He was mad at himself, but he had a great day. He is the tight end one in fantasy. Darren Waller's great. Darren Waller's tight end three. George Kittle is tight end two. Uh, Tyree Kill, six for 58 on 10 targets. Not his most efficient day. Kind of came back to earth after a couple of really strong weeks. Nothing else of note here. We don't have. What do you What do you got to add for this game here, Tyler? Absolutely nothing. I think that we are 12 weeks into 13 weeks almost as, as the final games play on a Monday and a Tuesday night, uh, 13 weeks, basically through an NFL season. I think we have a pretty good idea of what these, what these guys are. Uh, make sure you're playing the matchups. Make sure that's why you need to tune in to our preview, a pod on, or I'm sorry, a preview live stream on Thursday evening at six central. And then also make sure you're tuning in to our live stream on Sunday mornings for sit start questions, uh, which is at 11 central. So, Make sure you're tuning in. I'm sorry. No, 10, 10 Central. Yeah, 10 Central. 11 Eastern. So make sure you're tuning into these things because you will win. I promise you. Listen, because, you know, even if you don't agree with us, you can uh, come back to us the week after that and say, oh, well, I should have listened to you. So anyway, the point is come listen to us because we've been really hot, as, uh, as of late, as Gage said. Um, we're And it's been a blast. It's been a blast so far. We're developing a little... A uh, little crew of regulars over there, and it's been uh, it's been a really fun development this season to watch to watch everybody grow. So I want even more regulars. I want more. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I love our regulars, but I want even more of them. <laughs> but uh, make sure you're tuning into those. Make sure you're checking all the other content that Game on Wisconsin has to offer. Uh, make sure you're liking, rating, and subscribing the podcasts on any podcast listening pl- platform that uh, that you do listen to. And uh, I think that's really it for me. So uh, until next time, go Pack Go.